Hello and welcome to the Fenland Chat Hour. I'm producer Dave and I'm supported with Amanda Carlin. Hello, producer Dave. Hello, how are you today? Very good, thank you. That's good to hear. Yes, are you well? I am. I am very well. Good. Um, got some sleep, not as long as I want, but still, so I'm feeling, feeling good today. Oh, that's good news. Yeah, we're having a, a few teething problems today with technology. Um, it's always good when the, the Wi-Fi and the internet goes down, which has been a bit of a, a pain this morning. So we're having to resort to uh, Plan B. So things may sl- sound slightly different, but we're not going to be stopped. <laughs> we I will carry thought, on. I thought, producer Dave, we're on Plan Z. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not far off, actually. Anything to report from your end? Anything exciting? There is one exciting thing, I think. A sunflower challenge has been started in Wimbledon. Oh, good. Yes, um, where a family have kindly left out three sunflower seeds that, that have been potted up. And people can go and collect the sunflowers and see who grows the tallest one. That's nice, isn't it? That's good. What do they win? It's a free challenge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They win a free bag of sunflowers for next year. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's, it's always good that uh, th- little things like these happen. And they say that they're normal events anyway. So it's nice to see that some levels of normality are carrying on. Yes, that's true. Um, yeah, my, my bit was just uh, clap for carers last night. It's good to see everybody out. I had a few more people out in the street. So that, oh, was, that, that was excellent. Good. Yes. So it's nice yes. to see it's well attended. Yeah, yeah it seemed louder last night. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it seems to be a lot more banging and a lot more. So it was a fireworks that was last week, but this week it was more sort of sirens and car horns and things this time. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so yeah, keeping it different. So what we what we got today? Um, well, we've had the news that we've got three more weeks of lockdown. Yes. So that's that's official. So that's because we were waiting for it to be confirmed, and that's that's now been given the um, so the go ahead. That's that's basically that's that's now what we're dealing with for the next three weeks. Um, but we thought that we would go through the rules and regulations that go along with the quarantine. Mm. Um. It has been issued in the Eastern Daily Press and the Cam's Times and probably a few other um, publications as well. But we thought we'd actually go through and look at uh, what's what's actually being stated and just have a a bit of a discussion as well. Or maybe just clarify some of the, the rules because there's a couple that are maybe a little bit more ambiguous. But it's good to see that they are actually putting stuff out in a handy form. I mean, what we'll do is I'll put this um, as a PDF as an attachment without, so there's there's no adverts and glossy pictures in it as well. So it's just basically the, a direct cut. So yeah, we that's can, a good idea. We can put that on the uh, the Facebook page as well if anybody wants to download it or have a look at it. Yeah. Um, so according to rules, people are allowed to exercise more than one a day. Okay. Or drive to a countryside to walk, 
or more time if more time is spent walking than driving uh, moving to a friend's house for several days after an argument at home is considered likely to be reasonable and uh, lockdown rules for what constitutes a reasonable uh, excuse to leave the place where you live um, so those are sort of the topics that are, are covered by this so the first one is sort of necessity and this, these are uh, likely to be reasonable uh, so buying several days worth of food including luxury items and alcohol buying a that is necessary <laughs> <laughs> it probably yeah probably is <laughs> uh, buying a small amount of staple items or necessities including uh, newspapers pet foods loaf of bread milk uh, collecting surplus basic food items for a friend and buying tools and supplies to repair a fence panel damaged in recent bad weather. So, yeah, that's fair enough because you might have pets. Yes. They need to be able to go out. Yeah, that's true. And it was something that was discussed last night. Um, they were talking about you know, how what constitutes the need for fixing DIY repairs, you know, having somebody around for construction work. And it, it was basically saying that it has to be quality of life that dictates whether someone actually comes round. So, because one woman said that she had a, a washing machine that didn't work, so she either needed it repaired or replaced. Yeah. And the advice was, well, you've got a sink and you've got some soapy water. Go back to, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I can see the point, but how, many how practical is that? How many people has she got in her family? Well, that's that's how, how big is yeah. That's that's a big issue. Is like how many people are, are there? So yeah. I think I think it's down to if it's just you, well, you can probably get away with it. Well, I say well, you get away with, it, but you could you could manage it. Well, but if it's a large family then it's then down to how much of an impact it is on on the life of the, the people living in the in the household so yeah I can, that can be an interesting one um, well i i can i can emphasize my dishwasher's broken oh dear it's the end of the world <laughs> it's the absolute end of the world you're saying and your I husband's broken <laughs> 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 yes, we're buying a lot of furry liquid now. <laughs> you just can't call somebody out for that, can you? It's, yeah, it, it, it's it, wrong. It is. It's got to be. I mean, if you've got no water, and it, it's it's basic needs and sanitary conditions are sort of the priority. So as long as you've got water and you've got heating, um so you can keep washing your hands and maintaining a level of a basic level of hygiene then that's that's a sort of the basic level requirement but if it's yeah. a, your dishwasher's gone down then <laughs> that's not really a requirement for for calling somebody out it's depressing i know it is yes <laughs> um 
but something that isn't re reasonable is, is obviously buying buying paints and brushes just to redecorate the kitchen because it's an unnecessary trip. I mean, if you've got paint and brushes, then there's nothing stopping you doing your own DIY in the house. That's that's not an issue. It's only when you're having to then contact people unnecessarily, like go to the shops to buy uh, DIY equipment. And, and that's interesting. That's really interesting. When we thought we would be included in lockdown, so, mm -hmm. you know, from the business perspective, we thought all businesses would be locked down. Yeah. Um, and so we went through the Screw Fix Direct catalogue, and I had a whole heap of DIY jobs that were going to be done. Yeah. Um, and they would have been delivered. So is this information saying you shouldn't order and have those items delivered? I can get that you shouldn't go to directly to Screwfix um, and pick them up. I, I'm confused over that point. I think it, it's not saying that you can't do DIY. It's, it's just basically saying that you can't have somebody come in and do DIY for you, or you physically can't leave the house just to go and buy DIY stuff. That's fair enough. But if you've got stuff that's either in the house already, or if you had stuff delivered by courier or delivery for parcel force or whatever, um, then there's no reason, as long as you're doing it safely and you're adhering to um, safe guidelines for using the equipment and you're not putting people in harm or oh. making a nuisance or um excessive noise because if the last thing people want i mean this is something just to bear in mind is if everybody's in their houses and you start hammering and drilling and banging at unearthly hour in the morning or any time during the day people's stress levels are fragile at the, the best of time anyway so if you start doing excessive diy you're going to really upset a lot of people you, you know yeah. you're banging you know so you know take that into consideration painting i don't see a problem as long as no. the fumes but that you've got the fume issues so you've got to make sure that you're not going to drive people out the house because of the fumes from the from the paint so there's there's a lot of issues you've got to think about the effects the after effects of what it is that you're doing i mean ideally don't do anything <laughs> don't do any DIY um, or just do any small amounts because if you start doing any large projects if it goes wrong then how much work is going to be needed to rectify it you know if you then damage you burst a pipe you then got to call somebody in so you're then bringing people in so it, it's it's got to be done sensibly mm. You know, uh, you've got to think about what you're doing and what are the consequences of if it goes wrong. Mm. You know, yes. how much impact does that have elsewhere? So it's not advisable to fit a new shower unit. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably painting the sort of the door frame or something like that in the, yeah, in the sitting room is probably that. fine. Which, But it, it's just <laughs> if you start doing big projects, then I think that's going to cause grievance somewhere mm. for comments it's got um 
There is no need for all persons shopping to be basic food supplies. Uh, the purchase of snacks and luxuries is still permitted. So as long as you, I guess, you're not going just for luxury items. You know, you're not just going for Easter eggs or you're just going for beer. As long as you're just yeah. doing a normal shop where you include necessities and luxuries in, in that as well, then that's Hair fine. Hair <laughs> Yeah. Um, in general terms, a person has a reasonable excuse to visit the shops which remain open to customers under the regulations. So okay. I guess as long as they're open, then you can go to them. And then as long as you adhere to metres or the guidelines that are imposed by the shops. I've seen some of the shops now as it's either two people in the shop or one in, one out. Because I went to the, the bank on Tuesday and oh, right. I gave up because I looked, at, I looked at the line and went, nah, it was halfway down the street because <gasps> only one person could go in at a time. This is in Chatteris, isn't it? No, this is, is in, it? in no? March. Really? And so the queue was then out of the, well, by, from the door and then down the street and across the, uh, the marketplace. Wow. So it may just be in the fact that it was the first day after the bank holiday weekend and lots of people needed to use the bank. That's amazing. So I thought, well, I can't, I didn't have the time to stand there for, I don't know, a couple of hours or whatever. No, I, I'm doing that. If I head to Aldi and I see those queues outside, I turn around. And I might go to pound stretcher, so I'm not wasting my journey. I'm being sensible in that in that respect. Yeah. But I, I, I feel it would stress me out too much standing in the queue, so I don't do it. I can't do it comfortably for my own well-being, and and then that would cause uh, it would have a domino effect, wouldn't it, on the people around me if I became agitated? Yeah. So, um. I tend to go later mm -hmm. to Aldi. What I have noticed, when you go later, because there's no queuing and they don't have to manage how many are in the shop, it's more difficult to keep your two metres distance when you're inside. Because people it's drift so around. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that. I was in Jack's on Friday friday evening and there was hardly anybody in there and like you say people were just drifting around there was no people were then oblivious to everybody else because they yeah. were then focused back onto their shopping and they were like oh sorry oh i'd forgotten i was in my own world sort of thing it's very difficult the moment you walk outside of your home it is very difficult to keep the two meter distance in and in addition to that i don't know about you david but i'm starting to forget to wash my hands every two hours. I, I've got it in my head, wash your hands every two hours, but I, it's, I'm not doing it. I've, I've forgotten to do it. Yes. It, I'm having to be strict. Yeah, it is very easy to fall out of the habit of doing it. Yeah. Because I'll you can become, it. everyone becomes complacent again. Yes, yes. I, I'm not doing that on purpose. Whilst I'm in the home, I'm forgetting to do it. When I go out, before I go out, I wash my hands. When I come in, I wash my hands. Yeah. So that's still happening. As long as um, that's the, the, the very basic that that's doing any time you handle anything outside. 
the the home when you, you you get in and then the first thing to do is wash your hands so i know it's advisable just to to keep doing it every every two hours anyway but at least if you're just doing the, the basics where you're using alcohol-based uh cleaning as soon as you you come into the house all right if a person is already out of the address with good reason then it would not be proportionate to prevent the person from buying non-essential items. Assuming that applies to the stores that are already open. Yes. And food can be include hot food uh, from takeaways. I think most food outlets are now takeaway based only. Yes. So you just go up and you just queue, follow the guidelines, same sort of thing. You, you queue up outside you take your order, they pass it out, and then you go on. Um, I mentioned that some are obviously doing um, contact and drop. So you you message them and then they'll deliver it to you. Okay, exercise. Likely to be reasonable. So we've got going for a run, cycle, or practicing yoga. Uh, walking in the countryside or in city or attending an allotment. Uh, driving to the countryside and walking and this is the cri the cl critical bit is driving to the countryside and walking is basically where the walking activity or the exercise activity is longer than the drive itself to get to the place that you're going that's good news um you can stop and rest um, and eat your lunch whilst on a long walk so you can have rest breaks um, and exercising more than once a day. The only um, relevant consideration is whether repeated exercise on the same day can be considered reasonable exercise, a reasonable excuse for, for leaving the house. So it's, I think it's if you have a training regime and you, you're following it as opposed to just, oh, I just fancy going out for another walk. As long as it's actually part of your structured exercise regime, then you can. If, you just if you're just an athlete or something. Yeah. Not likely is driving for prolonged periods with only a brief exercise and a short walk to a park bench when the person then remains seated for much longer periods. So basically all this is going if it's down to the length of exercise that you're doing. So you, as long as you are exercising, you can remain out. If you have to stop for long periods of time or you choose to stop for long periods of time or just go f for a short walk and, and sit on a bench um, and then stay on the bench for a long time to read a newspaper or whatever, then that's not admissible. That's not reasonable. And you mm -hmm. will be asked to be moved or fined so the main thing is if you're out, you're out and you're exercising and nothing else. Exercise. So the comments on these are exercises come in many forms, including walks. Exercise must involve some movement, but it is acceptable for a person to stop for a break in the exercise. So if you're stopping for a water break or a, a, a couple of minute break just to, to get your breath back. However, very short periods of exercise to excuse a long period of inactivity may mean that the person is not engaged in exercise but is in fact is in fact something else 
so that's what we're saying again and it is lawful to drive for exercise so if you do go to out into the countryside to walk or go to a gym if if there is a gym still open um so wherever you go you can drive to that place for uh for for exercise you got any thoughts anything you want to add to that well that's yes that's different to what i understood i so this is good because it's clarifying points for me i thought that you cannot drive to your place of exercise but you have to go from your home back to your home mm. if that makes sense um and that driving was only to go to work or to collect essential items or to collect items on behalf of a vulnerable person. So that that has clarified something for me, because there, there are places I'd like to visit, but it does mean a very short drive, and the drive would be much shorter than the amount of exercise carried out. Yeah. So that would be permissible. Great, that's great. I think there was some confusion to start with, uh, I think there was because when they said the first long weekend or the first weekend that it all kicked off and everybody just headed off to the countryside. Yeah. So I think the the main thing was was they deterred people from driving distance to uh, anywhere like national parks and national trust parks um, for for exercise because everyone just descended and it was just absolute chaos. So I think they had to bring in that kind of, that level of restrictions to start with until people actually knew what was going on and why we were doing it. And I think they've now just released that. So the main thing is you're not driving. I mean, around here, you're driving a couple of hours or so to get to any main National Trust properties or large uh, country parks. There's, there's not that many around here. You've got, you've got Peckover House. In, in West Beach. Yeah. And then you've got El Goods Brewery that's got a nice garden. But and I mean, uh, yeah. Hinchinbrook, yeah. haven't you? H yeah, Hinchinbrook Gardens. Yeah. Yeah. But that's sort of a big, big open space that's. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, mean, there the are pockets. That spring to mind. Yeah. Mm. And that's the thing, that's what goes, springs to everybody's mind around here. They go, oh, all right, let's all go to Hinchinbrook. So I think it's just a case of just being a bit more random in your, your thought. Bridal paths. Mm. Um, country country walks you know look at the map gets um, as we're talking to Andrew uh, last week about finding maps getting the old uh, ordnance survey maps out and having a look at where the the routes are uh, if you go on your local uh, parish council you'll quite often find guides to um, paths and highways and and rights of ways in in the vicinity of the town so it'll give a list or it'll give you a map of of where you can you can walk and again just adhering uh distancing and safety as well when you're out there and not congregating where lots of other people are but yeah that's that's the main thing to take away is that your your drive to wherever it is has to be short and shorter than the the length of time that you are exercising okay the next one is work um likely to be reasonable a key worker or other essential worker traveling to work where it is not reasonably possible to work from home 
uh, a non-key worker or non-essential key worker traveling to work where it is not reasonably possible to work from home or a person delivering food packages to vulnerable people uh, not reasonable is a person who can work from home choosing to work in a local park and a person knocking on doors offering to do cash in hand work yeah. Yes. And I, I, suppose, I, think... I suppose that's one good thing about lockdown, that kind of thing stops because that, that can be quite intimidating to to people when you get when you get that knock on the door and it's somebody you don't know and Yeah, it's it's difficult. Mm. There's always going to be people op who are opportunist and they will knock on knock on doors and, and ask for uh, for work. But it's, it's not just that, it's um, doing gardening as well. Yes. Well, that, that, that is something. That's not done on the rules, is it? Um, I think it, it, it was talked about in the first lot. Yes. Where it was saying don't... Um, don't do gardening, don't get someone in to do the gardening because one, that you're inviting them onto your land. So oh. there's a chance of contact. And also, if you're doing gardening, then it could result to injury with using power tools and things. Well... So it, it was a bit sort of mixed as to what what yes, you can uh, and can't do when it certainly when it comes to, to gardening. You, you see, I can... I can... I can understand how that would be quite distressing to older people because they really feel strongly, and I know I'm generalising again, but the, the ones that I'm in contact with feel strongly they want their gardens to look presentable. Yeah. And they are not well enough to do it themselves. But I think and the gardener can go. The gardener can go to the property without being in the property that's still outside which yeah. is interesting isn't it it is but then you've got to be prepared for then other people then shopping you for for breaking the quarantine yeah breaking the lockdown and that's that's the thing you've got to balance between is it acceptable is it socially acceptable or is it going to cause an issue with everybody else mm. and that's a, it's, a, it's a fine line to to um, to go because at the moment there are cases where people will shop you for the the littlest things. Yeah. So it, it's something that you do have True. to weigh. But then if you're having to, um, probably the, the balance is if you if you're not getting your hair done, then the, you shouldn't have your garden done. <laughs> no, I'm not getting my hair done, my ears done, my pedicures done. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah, it's it's probably about the same. You could you could probably balance the, the same sort of thing. You shouldn't be having someone coming around to do your hair at the same time. Then there should be someone coming around to do the garden. Yes, that that puts it all into perspective for me, David. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so when you've got a hedgerow growing out your head, <laughs> what we've got the comments here are there is no requirement to be a key worker or essential worker in order to travel to work. Mm. Uh, anyone can work 
anyone can travel to work if it is not reasonably possible to work from home. A request from an employer to attend the workplace should be sufficient. There is no requirement for the person to have any written proof of a need to go to work or volunteering. Police should not ask for ID documents of any any other kind of or or any other kind of documents. And there is no requirement for volunteers to work for a registered charity, registered organisation or charity. There is no requirement for the volunteers to be related to COVID nineteen. See again that that. Bothersome that's that's to me changed, because, isn't it? Because they were checking yes. IDs and stuff. And and that really does bother me because if you're not volunteering for a recognised charity or constitutionalised group, or if, if it means you can be a member of a constitutionalised group, I take this back. And but that's not clear to me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because I want to see safeguarding policies. I want to see DBS checks. And I think they should be in place as a bare minimum. Yeah, There I think needs so. to be policies followed. Yeah, I think that's, that's something that the organisations have to look at if they are if they're mm. um, running workers who are helping the charities and organisations that they've got to do some duty of care to make sure that they are co-opting people who are checked and they are following the guidelines and, and that there's some way of displaying that they have been um, that they have been checked or something um, but also if you've got organisations that are helping people then there, there needs to be some level of communication before that happens yes. so you're not getting just someone turning up at the door and saying I'm here to help um, because that's going to upset people to start with, you know, we're back to this, just not knocking on doors randomly and asking if people need help. I mean, that doesn't, that's not going to help. So if you're an organisation you sh and you have a list of people that you need to help, then you should at least get in contact with them first and say, we're going to send someone around um, and this is what they're going to do. They're going to drop off. They're going to keep di social distancing or wh whatever the, the organisation is. So at least everyone knows what everyone else is doing. They also need to ask if the individual's happy with that. Yes. I think I think this has been a problem. People have thought, oh, you're a vulnerable person. You need me to help. But they don't always. And I was having a conversation with my husband last night and he was saying, what we need is a national campaign to have posters. You know, like the posters that say, I don't buy from Captain yeah. Salesman type of thing. So please don't knock. We, we need a poster that says, I am a vulnerable person, or not even say that, because that's... No, that, 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 that's no, that's I, I would have I would have issues <laughs> with that as well. But I am okay. I, I am okay. Um and I do not need assistance or, or something. I don't know. Actually, I take all of that back now because that's a warning. Yeah, that, that, that's, isn't it? Yeah. It's something that was raised a couple of weeks ago and it was something that I thought about. And yeah, my, my concern is don't put anything on your door that says that you are vulnerable or raising the awareness of someone else who could take advantage 
of you yeah and that's something to be to be aware of so don't make sure you don't have signs on there saying that you are vulnerable or don't come in because you know you're you're um yeah someone who is um being told to isolate for for 12 weeks because of medical conditions you know you've got to be you've got to be careful and you've got to be sensible so if you have organizations or people who you use on a regular basis already that you already know and trust then talk to them and arrange whatever care and help that is being provided so and make sure that like you say you you ask for it that you're actually talking to them and saying right okay i know you're coming this is what i need and then you discuss what it is that your your arrangements are so everybody's happy it, it's that pushing your way in and forcing your way in and trying to take advantage of, of people that's that's where it's um that's what we're trying to stop yes absolutely but i think if you are an organization then you should have um documentation and lanyards and stuff anyway um yeah the police shouldn't have to ask you for documentation as long as you you'll you can just justify and say look i am working for this and i'm going here or I'm going to exercise, or, you know, you've got a valid reason for, for whatever you're doing. Um, and there's no reason for any sort of serious investigations um, unless you start behaving oddly. It is interesting um, as well in regards to DBS checks because the DBS have changed the rules since we've gone into lockdown around oh, identification checking. Yes. Okay. So, that, so that's really good. We can we can now use forums like we're using. Um, they, the original items need to be seen at some point, mm-hmm. but you can you can show them using this kind of forum, a hangout or Zoom or whatever it is that your 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 preferred choice to contact via the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, just just taking a step aside here that that's something that's um is of interest as well the actual communication actually safety of using online video and that's that's something that's been highlighted um you know if you're you're running a, a group or an organization uh, especially if you're you um having involving children and people who are vulnerable yes there are certain um applications that are more secure than others and that's something that needs to be taken into consideration so things like skype and hangout are more secure because they are point to point and you've got to be registered and um but if you have something like zoom you know there's been a a lot of uh, press about zoom because it's had a lot of security issues where it's been hijacked and hacked by um other other people other agencies where they've gone in and, and bombed meetings really yeah and obviously upset the people that are hosting the the, the actual event itself so that there's levels of security that are um at question and i know that they are trying to implement it and make sure it 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 falls under the guideline but a lot of countries have stopped deliberately stopped using it um and a lot of backers are 
raising a lot of questions as to what's happening and, and why there are so many issues. Um, but yes, that is something that you do need to be aware of um, and do your research onto which platforms that are, are using uh, media to communicate or to share uh, video in conferencing. So if you're looking at business, if you're doing business to business um, conferencing, you have to go for something that is more secure. Yes. Um, you can't just because even Downing Street stopped using Zoom because of secu security issues. So or certainly not for high level security. I think they still use it for for lower, for less secure stuff. But you've got to take that into consideration for what it is you're doing, um, because the last thing you want is to be compromised or a GDPR um a breach of uh, your privacy policy that your yes. business runs because it's your someone has then sat in and watched your business meeting and has taken that information so that that's something to to bear in mind that you are using the right level of security for for your businesses or for or for the the security of the people that are using the applications well that's really important to know if you're if you're checking somebody's id you don't want to use a, a format that can be corrupted in some way do you exactly yeah interesting to, we have to look at security at all levels and just because it's an application that's available we've you've got to also look at the the security behind it to keep yourself and the people that you're working with safe as well yeah okay so we have other reasons okay these are other other aspects um what is reasonable is taking an animal for treatment oh yes uh moving to a friend's address for several days to allow a cooling off following arguments at home good and providing support for to vulnerable people so i think I think that's, that's the, the element of the moving to another address for several days is the emphasis on is long term. Yes. That it's not just a popping over, seeing, come back, popping over, seeing them come back. So they're not just quick tri trips. It's a case of, you know, everyone has, well, a lot of people have arguments and disagreements and if you everyone's in the house it can get fraught and it can be difficult and you know life goes on so there's got to be a way of just having some calm time or chill out time or or some way where you can get away so yes if you have the opportunity yeah. to go and stay at another address for a period of time then it is something that has to be taken into consideration. But like you say, it's got to be for a long in, long duration of time and not just popping back and forth. Yeah, that that is very interesting. I I don't think people realise that. So this is this is good. If it, if you've had a massive argument, you might not want to stay at home. Well, this falls on for the. Um, the abuse that we were yeah. talking about as well you know you, you don't have to stay you know if if there's a b abusive relationship and you've got that opportunity to to get away then i suppose it, that this sort of i mean there's oh, so many issues 
regarding to that anyway so mm-hmm. you're better off looking at the the help the help sites specifically aimed at that but at least you know that there are you know they're, they're not saying that you can't go and, and stay somewhere else for a period of time yeah. so yeah um and also yeah providing support for vulnerable people so you know if you're you're a carer and you have to do regular um deliveries for groceries and stuff or just general um looking after because they the people that you're looking at can't move around yes you know if they have mobility restrictions and they need to have someone come in to do basic health care and that's something that was already in place beforehand then then that should carry on yes as long as you are I don't know, wearing face masks or some kind of protection or a basic level of protection. But if you're, if it's an organised thing, then you should have preset guidelines anyway. Um, Or if you don't know, then probably the best thing is to speak to NHS and and find out what you should and shouldn't have if you are dealing with, with a friend who may or may not have coronavirus or if you have you may suspect that there is coronavirus in the area then obviously you'd have to follow protocol as well yes so don't just turn up and and just help with no thought about your safety and and the person that you're looking after safety as well Mm. um not reasonable is visiting a vet surgery in person to renew a prescription oh right things like this that can be done over the phone so if you can do it over the phone then do it over the phone Mm. um and visiting a friend in their address or meeting in public to socialize so basically yeah no no socializing you know again something that could be done over a phone or a a skype or um any kind of video or telephone conference conferencing you have all your mates hang out i mean we've been kids have been doing this on xbox live and playstation whatever the equivalent is they've been doing that for for years they have happened <laughs> so what, why do they suddenly have to stop now and go and meet up it's because they've told they can't do it yeah. oh if they you say see don't, them all if you on can... their bikes don't you yeah <laughs> they're, they're the... keeping two meters apart though when they're cycling they are generally as long as they're not but right behind each other it, it, they, they're kind of to a breast that's the problem in the, uh, on the country road yeah yeah, yeah it's... take up the whole road <laughs> <laughs> so what we've got but yes vets make sure that if you do have um poorly pets then they are treated mm-hmm. you know they 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 have priority as well so you know don't cuz we we talked about this before about the the rise in people abandoning pets and taking don't them to it. homes and said, don't do it there's no need you know you can still no. look after you you you've got pet shops um what's the one in Ra- ravenswood. Ra- ravenswood in Wisbeach and yes the pets pantry in chatteris and i'm sure there's other pet shops in between that we don't know yet but um Actually, they will do an update okay there's an update on ravenswood ravenswood pet rescue center they set up a new facebook page Ooh. group called Fenland Pet Food Support Page. And they've got a GoFundMe page as well. Okay. So 
they will help people who are finding it difficult to feed their pets as well. So don't struggle. There's no need to. Contact them. They will help. Okay. So there's cool. no excuse for at all for, for getting rid of your pets because you think it's being difficult. There is always a way around. There is always someone that can help and there is always advice. I mean, if necessary, phone phone the vet and just say, look, I'm having difficulty and I'm sure they can give you contact details or places where you can get hold of stuff. But the, the pet shops are doing delivery services. Yeah. You know, so don't don't worry. As long uh, as, long as you can still afford to to look after the pets and and um pay for the food and stuff then you just speak to them and they'll deliver the stuff to you you don't have to make the trips to go and get it but ravenswood will help if you can't afford to yeah i think i think this is the thing and we are hitting an economic downturn aren't we yeah. so that if you're desperate don't don't give the pets up. No. Keep them. That's Bless. good. It's it's horrible thought, isn't it? Yeah. So vets will remain open. Uh, so taking animals for treatment would qualify as a good reason, as it's a, a, the owner of the pets has a duty to preserve um, preserve welfare. So you are looking after looking after the welfare of your animals so you are responsible for making sure that uh, you have duty of care for the animal so mm. as long, so if the animal's suffering or, or needs medical attention then that has to be seen but yeah you can't just go and visit a vet surgery or any anywhere that could be done just just to pop in um is not reasonable anything that you could do with a phone call is is advisable the regulations allow people to move house this means that individuals can move between households. Yeah, and it says this should be a genuine move, i.e. measured in days, not hours. Um, so it, whatever, if you're moving from one house to another house, then it has to be for a duration and not just visiting. Uh, right, I um, see. Social, yeah. social visits are, are not generally a good reason for leaving your home. And that's that. That's a lot, isn't it? <laughs> it is a lot, which is why I thought that we'd make make the effort of just going through and look at it specifically because it's there's so much that's that's going on. Yeah. Um, and just trying to, and even then, you know, you read through there, and there's still some elements of confusion, and it is so difficult, and it is down to your interpretation. But the main thing is, if you don't need to go out, don't go out. Yes. If you can work from home, then work from home. Um, if you have no other choice and you have a job where you have to go to the office to work, then then you have no other option. You have to do that as long as it's your company is not being furloughed. It's you've got cases where companies have been furloughed and they've still been asking staff to work, which is a no no. It's we've we've talked about this before, and this has come from the secretary of state you know if you are furloughed you do not work it is legal requirement that you do not carry on working all sorts mm. of things there's there's insurance there's you know insurance companies won't pay you and if you found out um or someone will, will shop you as well because you've got the e-cops uh for shopping businesses that are carrying working when they've been told not to yes. so there's there's lots of things 
So yeah, only work, go out to work if you have to, and you can drive to work or you can drive to exercise. But if you are exercising, make sure that your exercise is longer than the actual travel to and from it or walk. Yes. If you can, if you can walk to and from the place, then better. So yeah, that's, um, that's a lot. I mean, if you've got any questions yourself, you know, give us a, give us a shout. We can, you know, if we, we can't answer them, we can certainly find or pass them on to other people who, who can. Yes. Get an expert. Exactly. And we like, <laughs> we like experts. So, you know, if you're an we expert, do. get in touch. Uh, we're not doing an interview today, but we are trying to line up someone who's going to going to have an interview next week. Uh, it's someone who actually deals with bereavement and um, well-being and counselling. Oh, so I thought good. that was that was going to be quite useful. Maybe not necessarily now, but certainly in in weeks and months ahead, where there's going to be all a lot of um, broken people. You know, it's sad, yes. sad to say, but there's going to be a lot of people who are going to have a lot of post-traumatic or, or certainly a lot of delayed uh, grief and stress yes. and anxiety and all stuff. That's all going to sort of appear over time. Um, so it would be interesting to, to have someone who is a counsellor to give their, their take on stuff. So we've got some questions already lined up, but if you've got any specific questions, let us know and we'll add them to the list. Okay, we'll do the, uh, the the sad news of the the daily stats. Um, two million, almost two hundred thousand uh, cases reported worldwide. Number of cases tested in uh, positively tested in the UK, I should say that, is one hundred three thousand and ninety three, and the number of deaths as of this morning was. 13,729 so that's and that's still been updated that's still not taking into account things like care homes and uh, and deaths in other locations outside hospitals but those yes. are, those figures are being adjusted uh, what is interesting that um, China have updated their figures as well mm. they've, they've added new deaths uh, from Wuhan where they it all started. Oh. They've basically doubled the number of deaths that was originally recorded. Which is really worrying, isn't it? Yeah. And you can understand in a lot of countries, I mean, it's not going to be, a, you know, any particular country, but it's going to take a long time for complete uh, statistics of everywhere to come through. <clears throat> That's up to date because there is always a delay somewhere. And yeah. not every country has recorded deaths in care homes. No. And that even even in Europe, there's there's a few countries that haven't. So the the, the numbers can be a bit misleading. They're just regardless, they're very high. Yeah. Way, and, and they're very upsetting, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, it's it's nearly 14,000 people and it's 14,000 people that shouldn't have died yeah yeah it's all very, all very sad mm. life life of lockdown um, some good news um, Captain Tom Moore 
Oh, he is an amazing person. <laughs> There's talk about him being knighted now. Yes. But he, he finished... I hadn't realised he was still going, but as of yesterday, he finished the his, his 100 laps because he wanted to get it done before his birthday, which is in a few days' time. It is this month. Yes, his birthday is the 30th of April. It's the 30th, is it? Mm-hmm. Um... And now there's lots of campaigns to try and raise some money for him now. But mm. he has raised, as of just before the show, it stood at 18,000... No, 18,283,423. Wow! And he That's said amazing. he will keep going if people still want to contribute for the NHS. He will carry on. That's just amazing! It is. It's just gone up. I mean, it was, what, 12 million yesterday. It's just so much because it's all going to a worthy cause. It's going to a worthy cause. And everybody loves him. Yes. They love him. They love Captain Tom. They do. (laughs) I mean, even Matt Hancock this morning was talking about him and saying, you know, he's just doing an absolute fantastic job. You know, yeah. and the money that he's raised is just phenomenal and will be very much appreciated by the organisations and the NHS itself. Yeah. But I've noticed yeah. there's a few, when I was looking, there's a, a few pages being set up for people to raise money for Captain Tom himself to thank him well, for the work that he's done. Nice. So, but careful. You know, make sure I think that he's wanted, yes, make he's sure that you back. are finding the right um, charitable charitable donation site, because in times like this, there's always people who set up fake ones. Well, not set up fake ones, but they just set them up with no intention of actually passing on the money. So just right, do your research. There, there are, yes. you know, like anything, be sensible. Be careful. Um, do your research. Make sure you you find a legitimate one, um, and not Mister Blobby from down the road who's doing it just for nefarious reasons. So yeah, do your homework and make sure you're doing the right one if you are looking to support. Um, I don't understand entirely, David, why somebody would feel there's a need to fund. Captain Tom himself, because mm. he seems quite comfortable, doesn't he, and has everything that he needs. Yeah. So I, that that is a bit confusing, isn't it? Yeah. If you do a, a Facebook fundraiser as well, that the money goes directly to the person setting the fund up, doesn't it? And it's, yeah. the onus is on that on person to, actually to pass then pass it, it on. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. It's yeah. It, it it did it raised an eyebrow when I started going because I was looking for Tom, uh, Tom Moore's site, and I was looking under GoFundMe, yeah. and then I realised that it wasn't. He was on um, Just Giving. So oh. if, if you're looking for his page to to sponsor him, then it's Just Giving and Captain Tom Moore, and you'll find it there. The all the other ones are not official. So, yeah, just make sure you do your homework and you're not giving money out unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to make sure that if you are giving money, it's going to the right place. 
And if you're being naughty, take this as a slap on the hand. <laughs> don't do it. No, don't you will do get it. Find, you will get found now, you know. These these things do get reported and yes. you end up in the paper. You know, it has happened several times where people have used other people misfortune to raise money for themselves. So it's it's sad, but mm. people always try and find loopholes, but they get caught in the end. Business grants. Uh yes. and District Council have uh they obviously going through those who are eligible for grants and they have been in touch with um, all those who are rateable businesses and they have contacted them. There are some that haven't been contacted yet and if you go to the Fenner District Council webpage there is a list of instructions there and there are forms there so if you know that you are eligible and that you do pay rates and you've got a rateable number and you haven't been contacted by the, the council, then find the paperwork, fill it in and send it to them. And we will finish off with some good news, I think, unless you've got anything else you want to add before I do the last bit. Um, yes, I've, I've, got, I've got two lots of good news that comes on the back of the, the local recycling bins. They're, okay. they're getting full to capacity because they're not being emptied at the moment during lockdown. Yeah. These are the clothing ones. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, so please don't take clothes and leave them by the side because that creates a hazard of the recycling bins. Yeah. Don't leave them by the side of the recycling bins. Keep them at home until the lockdown comes out. Because that come can out lead to lockdown. things like infestations and rats and things like that, can't it? Yes. It's causing a worry that Neil Wade Academy's DT faculty students, they made PPE, mm -hmm. um, which has been approved, and it's being worn now by the staff at West Norfolk Hospital. Oh, that's brilliant. So that's great, yes. Um, and yesterday, students and um, key workers made a huge rainbow banner mm -hmm. that said, thank you, NHS, and blazoned across the top of it. There's a Doddington man called Callum Butler, and he created a fundraiser on the 4th of April to make 3D printed visors mm -hmm. for the NHS yeah. um, for workers across Finland. And he's raised over £2,300, and his target was 850 so he's done well there. Finally, mainly community primary school have been working with cavalry school mm -hmm. in March, Cavalry School in March, are making meals that the staff of many community primary school are taking out on a Meals on Wheels basis to vulnerable students that usually rely on school lunches. Yeah. So that's really good. Some nice, good stories. <laughs> good well, news stories. <laughs> well, this is what I was saying in the last episode, that you know there are so many little stories like these that are out there. There are, aren't there? And they are quite heartening to, to read. And um, I also want to want to heard there was a, a teenager. He developed... It was a device that went round the back so that nurses, when they, they, their face masks, it would attach to that as, a, to, uh, as opposed to round the ears. Oh, that's right, yes. And yeah. he, he, I think he's about 14 or 15, and 
or 16 years old and he, he he's basically got a 3d printer in his bedroom and he's just churning out hundreds of these things for the nhs that's brilliant yeah so it's it's, it's fantastic what people can do and that's something that they've been talking about yesterday was it burberry and some of the other yes. clothing manufacturers are now and the hospitals are now talking directly to these companies these fashion companies for gowns and and various other um, pp equipment as well because they're say they're they're running they're running low on on they're using their pp faster than than they're expecting and there is such a massive short shortage of they just can't yes. manufacture enough of it they, it sounds it sounds like they feel like they've been let down doesn't it, it sounds yeah. like it, it sounds like they're trying to save lives and protect their own lives and the lives of their families as well and it's that creates stress doesn't it yeah mm. it is difficult and it's it's good to see that people are putting putting themselves out to make sure that stuff is getting done and that but it also has to be fit for purpose as well. Yes. And that's the problem is that various companies have put forward ideas for various devices and things and they've not been picked up because they don't quite adhere to all the, the regulations, which is difficult. But at least then they've got an option of a variety to choose from. Yes. Was it yesterday there was, there was a guy has done a mobile ventilator system in a box right i didn't know about this one it's not been authorized in the uk but it has been in south africa so he's making it it's a completely um it's an aircraft company aero engineer aero engine engineer and they've built this box based it's like a suitcase size and it's all contained within there and it's been ratified by organisations abroad, as for for mainly for third world countries. Oh, brilliant! So that's now been put into development. Uh, I think they're going to build it in another country and then assembled in in Africa. That's amazing. So it just shows how much resource and initiative and bureaucracy get in the way of things. <laughs> Yeah, you know this this idea of actually this heretical thing of having an engineer and a designer working together to actually create something in a very short space of time, and then getting approved, you know, as opposed to the months and years that normally te- things take to uh, to become useful or yeah, to be approved. Yeah, takes a bad thing. It is. Mm. I mean, it has its place, but it does hinder an awful lot of. Um, project and it also makes the project so much more expensive yes you know if you can reduce that time between the initial idea and getting it into into practice getting into use you save so much money Mm. because it's just that delays and then if it's delayed too long then it becomes out of date and then it needs to be updated and then it's it's not fit for purpose and it's just it just goes in it's an endless cycle uh, a lot of people know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, if you can get it designed, done and implemented within such a short space of time and it compli- complies with the um, 
the design requirements, then yeah, it's got to be beneficial for everybody. Yes. Including the taxpayer. Most definitely. So, yes. All good things. <laughs> yes. So, is there anything else that's? Uh, I'm just I'm just checking. I have got I have got something from Doris. Okay. Actually. Oh, we have thought um, about Doris. What's what's Doris got to say? Oh, Doris is cross that people aren't staying home. She's saying just stay home, yes. please. She's saying do as Boris asks. Stay home. She's do... also asking. Yep. Children and young people. She likes her drawings, Doris, doesn't she? She does, yes. <laughs> she's asking if children and young people could take the drawings that they've done for their windows um, and do similar, and could they pass them to care homes to brighten up the care homes for residents? Oh, that'd be good. Mm. I thought that was nice as well. Yeah. She's that... saying rainbows and bears in particular would be nice for the residents to receive yeah that would be really good and it saves having them being thrown away or you know it's or hidden away on the fridge yes <laughs> so yeah go to to places where they would be appreciated <laughs> so oh, we... dear. i've got some i've got some drawings that are years old that my niece and nephew used to do you could sell them on eBay. I can't take them down. I love them. You could sell them for sell them on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we've got one one last story, and this is a big one, and it's going to please a lot of people, a lot of mums, I believe. Oh right. And possibly oh. some dad. Possibly some dads as well. You know, can't can't. <laughs> You can't distinguish, uh, differentiate. Um, but about three or four years ago, uh, the actor Tom Hardy uh, did a, a guest bedtime read on CBeebies. Um, I think it was a Valentine's night. I, I've got a, sus a suspicion. I vaguely remember. I think it was uh, the 14th of February. But for, for one week only, Tom Hardy is going to be reading bedtime stories every night at 6.50 from the 27th of April he will be reading a selection of bedtime stories so make sure you have all your, your, your kids ready and, and adults and adults <laughs> for some reason I, I think the BBC CBBS is going to have probably the highest TV ratings ever that's brilliant. And it's gone international <laughs> as well. It's um, CNN have picked up the story as well. So I think BBC America are going to be tuning in as well. <laughs> so a big, <laughs> if you if <he laughs> can. love that. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I know a few people who are big fans of Tom Hardy, so. Oh, yes. I, <laughs> I can't think why. <laughs> I can't see. I can't see it myself. <laughs> So I think that's it for for today's show. It's uh, it's been a bit of a long show today. I think this is going to be our longest one. Is it? Yeah. So, wow. But we've had a lot to talk about, a lot of issues to uh, to get through, and hopefully some of those things will help. Um, and if you have to discuss, or if you have any questions or queries about what we have send them to us ask us and if we don't know we will pass them on to the relevant bodies that will give you an answer 
and we'll get an answer to you. Yes. So that's that's all from me. Have you got anything to finish with? No, no. I've gone through everything. Excellent. Well, we'll we'll, we'll wrap everything up. So keep safe. Stay indoors. Wash your hands. Keep safe. <laughs> All the usual good stuff, follow the guidelines, self-isolate, look after yourself, and join us for the next episode. Which, oh, better to say, actually, next week, yes. we're changing the format slightly. Well, not changing the format, we're changing the days of uh, delivery. We are finding that three days a week is just a tad too much. Yes. Um, we, I, I am now getting a little bit of work through. Um, which is good news, but I've also got to find the time to do to do that work. Yeah. So yeah. I have to make some <laughs> some allowances, and uh, three three shows a week is just too much to then do anything else. So unfortunate, um, but that's just the way things are. This is all done voluntary. You know, we do this in our spare time, but spare time is as a premium. So as of next week, we'll just be doing Mondays and Thursdays. Yes. So we've got a bit of a break between each each show. And that helps just means that we don't run out of material. No, but there's always seemed to be enough material, hasn't there? But there has. To deliver, Sometimes there's been more, more, more than enough. So it yeah. certainly shows that, um, not, not rambling, rambling on a bit at the end, but yeah, it does show that there is a lot of news and material that comes from here from this area that just doesn't get out and needs to be heard by the the public yes absolutely because i'm learning stuff every time you're pulling bringing stuff oh, in that i've yeah. not heard either <laughs> so you know it's it's out there and people need to to hear it yes so. they do okay that's it that's the end of the show it's uh, goodbye from me and goodbye from me bye